Take ORFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and streaming of primo local content. Download the accessmedia.nz app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This programme was first broadcast on ORFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Hello and welcome to Bringing Wellbeing to Life, the programme that takes wellbeing research off the page and into our lives. I'm Dr Denise Quinlan and today we're talking about the different approaches that schools use to build whole school wellbeing for students, staff and community. My guest today is Mike Anderson, who's the principal of Waimari School in Christchurch here in New Zealand. And something that you might not know about Mike, and that he probably won't tell you, so I will, is that his school is currently a finalist in the Excellence Awards. Prime Minister's Excellence Awards. Prime Minister's Excellence Awards for the work they have done in adapting the school to meet the needs of five-year-olds, new entrants coming to the school. And and hopefully we're going to talk more about that. Mike, we're delighted to have you with us. Welcome to Bringing Wellbeing to Life. Sure, thank you. So... We know that Waimari has been working on wellbeing for quite some time now, and one of the things we were really excited about was the, this, the, the, the fact that you decided to use psychological capital as your kind of framework for working on wellbeing. Tell us a bit about how you came to that and what made you choose it. Uh, we, we came to it through... Uh, it, it, it came onto my radar through some professional reading. We like to throw our net wider than just educational reading. Yeah. Um, and so I read, I think, one of Fred Luthen's papers yeah. um, and thought, that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, and I started to think about it in a school setting and then I got on with my day. Yeah. Um, and several weeks later, one of our external critical friends, um, um, Dr. Catherine Savage, um, who's a, a child psychologist who we engage as an yeah. external critical friend to challenge our, our thinking and stop us falling in love with our own ideas, said she'd been reading an interesting article about PSYCAP and had started to wonder what it would look like in a school. And I said, snap! Oh, nice. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. And so that's it was just a, a serendipitous yeah. exchange that both of us had read similar articles and thought, mm-hmm. this may have potential in a school. So tell me how you define and describe psychological capital to your staff. We, we frame it um, under the umbrella of positive psychology generally and um, I think it was, it was good at the beginning we explained the point of difference between deficit model but repair, fixing, healing yeah, yeah. and actually uh, filling a fuel tank so that when crap happens you're going to use a bit of fuel up but you're not going to hit empty. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so that's that broad framework and then we looked at um, the pillars of PSYCAP, the um, hope. Hero. Yeah, the hero. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and um, when we started unpacking those, we found strong links to what we know from our ed psych workers trained teachers, um, particularly around um, efficacy. Okay, so for, for people who aren't familiar, sure. the, hope. the four pillars are hope, self-efficacy, resilience and optimism. optimism yeah. and, and you found that they really connected to... All, some already under, uh, existing understandings that we had. Um, particularly when we started unpacking uh, efficacy. Mm-hmm. Um, teacher self-efficacy or teachers... Both. Teacher self-efficacy. So John Hattie's research yeah. on 
things that have a big effect on learning and, a, and, and before him um, Professor Graham Nuttall uh-huh. uh, yeah. in the 1970s and 80s yeah, yeah. Seven, seven, landmark cover of his book landmark book <laughs> Hidden yeah. Lives of Learners yeah yeah, yeah. 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 teacher self-efficacy yeah. huge yeah. yes um, and also with students self-efficacy yeah. uh, when we got into the psychiatric literature we found um, um, Tony Bandura's name coming up a lot mm. in that and his work's a cornerstone of child Self-efficacy and motivation. And Carol Dweck. Not Mm. so much for her mindset product, but her other contribution Mm. to psychology. Yeah. And and we know that academic self-efficacy predicts engagement, um, predicts achievement. Yeah. 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 And so um, I'm interested because psychological capital so far has largely been used in workplaces with the idea that it's... um, it's a resource that an organisation can build that will give them competitive advantage. Yes. So how did you frame that within your school? Well, we don't want competitive advantage, but we want um, strong levels of capital. So I used a business analogy yeah. and said that um, firms that have a strong balance sheet have financial capital and that, yeah. that accounting term capital. Yeah. So if, if you're running a small business and it's, it's, it's got adequate levels of financial capital, yeah. it can weather a bad financial year. Nice. Um, you know, the bank account will dip. But you're not going to have to go out of business. And um, in schools, we're all about uh, keeping ourselves together and keeping the children together. And there will be challenges. Man, do we know it here at Christchurch? Um, Well, yeah, so we're in a city that has weathered weathered significant storms, earthquakes, the long period of recovery and rebuild. The mosque massacre, the gas explosion, the... It's, it's just going to keep happening. Yeah. And so we need that capital level. Mm. We, we, we see ourselves as a small business uh, facing um, financial turmoil. The parallels, we're, we're, a, we're not a business, we're an organisation f- yeah. facing emotional or psychological turmoil. Yeah. So we need a strong yeah. capital reserve, psychological capital. And did you talk about the capital as if you like building the, the community, the school's yes. capital, yes. that it's something that's collective. a collective resource. Yeah. And it's the yeah. sum of all the parts. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Greater than the Greater sum of the sum parts. parts. Yes, yeah. yes, we use that language. And yeah. I think that appeals to, yes. to schools. Yeah. That we in this are, together. Yeah. 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 So, and we are greater yeah. than the sum of our parts. Yeah. So how did you? How have you gone about it? Well, it's not a problem because, because it has not been brought into the school setting. Thankfully, it's not a product that you or a program that you implement. Yeah. So we've never been... I've never been terribly into buying or, or getting off the shelf and delivering packages or programs. It's not the way we work. We I just say this is a theme of some of the most exciting schools that we work with. Okay. That there is um, an interest in doing it their own way. Yes. In finding and engaging yeah. with. And mm. the, I think this is really important that there's, there's a huge professional development, professional learning, mm. professional competence and... Um, and meaning yes. in saying we're going to take something and design it and make it work for us. There is, and yeah. um, for us, it's grounded or, or where we we understand why we're doing that. Is uh, there's an excellent book by Stephen Sterling um, called Sustainable Education, not to do with the environmental sort of sustainability, yeah. but sustainability on on the on, human yeah. beings who are inside yeah. it. And he, he, it's it's known as um, emergence. So it's part of complexity theory. Mm-hmm. So the school is run. This school's run on the basis of emergence. My job is to cultivate the soil so that interesting things can grow from it and empower our staff 
to develop and emerge ways of being, ways of working and ways of thinking as opposed to the Top down. opposite model of my job is to make sure people are doing it the right way that I believe is the way it's to be done. I have told them. Yes. So you're yes. more a facilitator and nurturer. Yeah. And, and, the, and the real expertise that, that you are bringing is A, cultivating the soil, yes. but also recognising which things that are emerging need to be yes. given space and time. Yeah. And, and which ones need to be pruned out. Yeah. You know, the put on them. <laughs> so it's taken 11 years I've been working here. Mm. So we, we have an emergent culture. Mm. Mm. so that we could then say, let's take this thing and see what it means for schools. Yeah. Yeah. So how did that play out? What kind of things did you okay. decide to do? We, we realised that it would take significant resourcing to do well, so mm. we looked at uh, funding streams because, you know, things do come down to money if you're going to do them well. I, I'm also really pleased to hear this because it's saying if we're going to do this, we have to resource it, and mm. that means I'm not asking someone to do it on a Sunday afternoon. Exactly. Mm. It's, if it's a significant piece of work, it's going to require significant yeah. resourcing. Yeah. yeah. We've got the funding, which is great, $70,000. There's the over financial capital to do the yeah. psychological capital. 18 months. So $70,000 yeah. over 18 months yeah. to invest in this approach. Yes, yeah. to, to see if it can be translated into a school. Yeah. And if it can, is it of benefit? Yeah. Yeah. And so what happened next? <laughs> then we needed to design the project. So um, we picked Catherine, um, Dr. Savage, as yeah. the external critical friend because she's a child psychologist, among other things. And there are ethics involved here. Yeah. We're messing with psychology yeah. and we're not psychologists. Yeah. We had to. Um, we did a big um, literature review and, and confirmed our initial suspicion that there isn't anything about moving it to schools. Mm-hmm. So we're you are innovating. You're going, definitely using that funding appropriately. Yeah, totally. Um, we uh, got together an interested uh, project team yeah. of uh, staff, not just teaching staff. We have some support staff mm-hmm. and ancillary staff. We're keen on this too. The first mission was to actually get some baseline data. And the um, uh, SciCap uh, tools, the, the handbook, the, the testing, um, has all been designed um, and had ethics run over it <laughs> for adults. Yeah. So uh, we could we used that straight away with our staff, yeah. got individual and collective SciCap level of the staff, as any corporate would do, yeah. but then we had the challenge of the students. Yeah. So um, we worked for very long days, um, the team worked on that, um, under the direction of Kath and one other psychologist, designing a child's version of. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And when you when you administered the PSYCAP assessments, what was the initial baseline looking like? We didn't we didn't know what it looked like because we'd never done it before. So yeah. it's interesting to say, oh, hope sits there. Yeah. But is that worse than what it was a year ago. Yeah, How is that? Is that know. a high level? Is that we don't know. So I think like I'll be able to answer that yeah. at the end. So but at the moment, we've got a baseline. You've got a baseline yes. that you're moving forward. From. Yes. Yeah. And interesting was that we, um, the, the, the PSYCAP uh, measurement tool um, has three measurements. There's self and then there's two others who okay, work with you. A little bit of a uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and um, as, a, as a whole, over the uh, 40 employees here, yeah. um, lower self-rating. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Are we surprised? No. <laughs> no, there um, you go. So, uh, you know, it's interesting in that technically it's a baseline. Mm. But actually we know every time we measure, we change things. It's mm. also an intervention. Mm. Um, 
because it brings people's attention to things and the act of having your colleagues assess you higher than you do that's mm. that's people holding a mirror up to you mm. did you mm. have any feedback from staff or students or reflections of people after doing it we did and it was really important um again you can't do this if you haven't spent time creating a place of psychological safety you're asking people in a workplace to st- start having revelations about self. So we did that only after we'd established what does psychological safety mean, what are the ground rules for us discussing this, who gets to see the aggregated results, who gets yeah. to see named things. Um, and we um, gave everyone their results back in a sealed envelope mm-hmm. just for them. And we talked generally about, the results, about yeah. what results could yeah. look like. And then they opened their envelopes after they'd left the when room. When they wanted to, yep. in the, yep. the comfort and privacy yep. of whatever space they yes. chose. Yes, and we established uh, three people, um, different personality types, different types, yeah. um, as um, someone you might like to go to if you'd like to talk about nice. any issue that this has surfaced for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what was the, what was the feeling? Because there's usually a general, you know, mm. there's a general kind of vibe and chatter yeah. Yeah. of how things went down. Yeah. What were the feeling of being... It was, it, it, it's, it's a fascinating vibe. Everyone was interested to know. But the yeah. staff have been really interested by it. Yeah. It's captured lots of people's imagination. And, yeah. yeah. One thing we did to preserve safety was to say that it's, we're not about um, um, levelling, <laughs> I'm more hopeful than you. Yeah. Or, mm. oh, oh, gosh, I feel, I thought I was pretty optimistic, but I see I'll... You know, I'd better go home and be miserable. Eeyore over there came yeah. out higher than me, and I see that person is very unoptimistic. Mm-hmm. So we said part of the psychological safety is we're not revealing to each other what our own yeah. um, levels are. It's really where are you at yeah. and how do you move yeah. forward. And so that took that that sort of buzz. Oh, I'm a six on it. Yeah. That, that was mm, no. Okay, you, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so after, so you, you've done this lovely preparatory work in yeah. creating the safety, and yeah. then done the assessments. Yeah. And then what was the next step in terms of... Well, then then it's like rolling out the actual um, programme. In, in SICAP, they call them um, <coughs> micro-interventions. Micro yeah. um, because we're being funded by the Teacher-Led Innovation Fund, we've changed that and called them micro-innovations. Nice. Because we're trying uh, each... Trying new things each, in a school. Yeah, in a school. And so um, it's never been done before, so it is by definition an innovation. Mm-hmm. Um, the first rollout was a SICAP cafe. Uh, so I must add, um, although we took the baseline um, of um, staff and students and um, uh, community, um, we this, this project has not yet started reaching to the children because there's just no point in um, adults who don't deeply understand it mm-hmm. trying to mm-hmm. build it within children and adults who don't have decent levels of psychological capital trying to lift that within children. Okay, so you mentioned your first micro-intervention, yes. or micro-innovation, yes. that was the Psychup Cafe. Psychup Cafe was, um, and it's still continuing because it was deemed worth continuing, uh, was uh, term one this year, mm-hmm. was a group of uh, staff who exhibited um, exhibit high levels of psychological capital, meeting once a week down at the local, number four in Nerevale, in an adult environment away from school, Monday afternoon, to actually um, share um, share their understanding of the four pillars, yeah. to share worked examples of something that came up this week where you had to find multiple pathways, for example. And once yeah. that conversation started, then it was someone else said, oh, yeah, now, I remember multiple pathways saved me a while back when I had this child who was doing whatever. And, yeah. yeah. 
So and it so wasn't. Would it be you, you're you're thinking about your example, and someone else is saying, "Oh, I see you've been resilient through this yes. way and this way." And yes, actually, that's a really optimistic look. You know, yeah. see how that comes in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like a think aloud yeah. about self and a think aloud about each other. Yeah. What do we see? Yeah. yeah, and a team of people who yeah. actually have high levels of psychap anyway. Yeah. So it keeps it keeps their tank filled. Yeah. Rather than picking a group who are the lowest scorers, you know. We, we want to keep those yeah, tanks full. A strengths-based approach. How do we start yeah. with the ones who are already Absolutely. really bored yeah. and doing this? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I attended the first meeting because um, there is a power imbalance. Uh-huh. Um, and I did some intro work along yeah. with um, our lead teacher, yeah. um, Kerry. Um, and then I exited from the group. Exit stage left. And yeah, like you talk, guys. And they sustained it. Um, okay. And that's kept going because yes. people like it. Yes. It and they understand and they can see the link to their... Well-being. So essentially what we're talking about here is um, a teacher-led self-reflection session that looks at how, where in our weeks are we developing and maintaining our psychological capital. Or, or using some up. Or you, saying, or, or, I, or, or I had this or, kid yeah. kick off and I'm lucky that I was in the frame of mind to see yeah. uh, multiple yeah. pathways was one that kept coming up. Rather than saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, but I could see that. Yeah, so rather than saying I had to lift, it was like I drew down on or I used because I I was. This has been a week where I have drawn down on my balance heavily. Yeah, and luckily I I was right up there, yeah. But how nice to have a language. Yeah, it's a common language. It's powerful, very powerful. We know shared language is important. Yeah, and that's been a really good outcome is that it's given us some very important pieces of shared language. Nice, Yeah. nice. Um, And then after Psychab Cafe? Well, during Psychap Cafe, yeah. um, the mosque massacre happened Yeah. Um, during that time period, and we were all, um, to some degree, traumatised by that. Yeah. Uh, a, because... You all went into lockdown. We went like, lockdown. Yeah. I was teaching that afternoon, so I ended up locked down in the classroom. Yeah. Um, and several traumatic things around heightened um, parents um, occurred. Yeah, terrified. During that parents, afternoon, yeah. it terrified us on yeah. the inside. Yeah. And we had some affected families, and we yeah. knew, and, and mm-hmm. enough said about that. Um, we, we, our response when faced with such a stressful school wide event is to say to the staff, let's take it easy on ourselves, let's cut down on extra meetings, you know, let's yeah. not do this, not do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we decided that we absolutely must keep going with Psychap Cafe. Yeah. So that because, was regard. That's interesting. Yeah. So in that environment yeah. where you're saying trim all non-essentials, yes. guard our resources, yes. look after what yes. we need to do. We're going to be giving a yeah. lot. This was this was yeah. regarded as a tank filler rather than a tank. Absolutely. Yeah. And so Psychap Cafe was proven to be, even though it was in its infancy, a, valuable a, a valued resource. Yeah. And investing in our people is the yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so that that came to the end. Yeah. Um, and then we looked at well what. What What's next? the next book invention? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that that group actually um, um, started uh, exploring. They wanted to look at the children. What about the children? Because it's a natural. What Did about the children focus? thing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're actually looking at uh, bucket filler type work at the moment. Um, but again, it's 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 ended up being a need to do, do more with the teachers first till we yeah. really get it established. Yeah. 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 And any other work that you're doing with the teachers currently? Um, they are currently also um, uh, networking and joining up connected services because in Christchurch we have a lot of uh, well-being and mental health uh, th- things happening 
and there's uh, joining the dots is a major exercise yeah. yeah joining the dots is what they are doing at the moment yeah. they had a wonderful meeting this week yeah. with the people from sparklers yeah. with the people from all right um, with our um, um, critical friend, yeah, um, the Mana Ake people, mm -hmm. um, because um, Mana Ake also has leading lights. Mm -hmm. um, so there's actually a danger of a, a lot of very good stuff swamping us, mm -hmm. urging mm -hmm. us to be engaged in well-being. And so um, the SICAP team at the moment, um, uh, the little, little um, micro innovation that's happening at the moment is joining the dots providing coherence to show how when you're engaging with leading lights it's actually building psychap or to show when you are looking at the sparkless resource you're building psychap mm -hmm. so we want it to be um all part of the building psychap journey not episodic dips yeah. into well-being buckets so it's kind of it's putting a psychap lens over what you're doing yes and and I'm guessing that that's actually going to be able to show teachers that we are already doing PSYCAP. Yes. So kind of slow down and relax. Yeah, We're exactly. already doing you're, it. You're yeah. onto it, yeah. yes. And so we've altered the plan. We had a profound session with a, a, a leadership coach who works with our main leadership team, but we actually got him to work with the PSYCAP team yeah. um, this year because he brings, <laughs> again, he, he, he brings non-educational work in. And he did a lot of work around burnout, uh -huh. and he showed us the Maslach Educators Burnout um, Survey tool, yeah. um, and that was profound because we we were looking then at what's undermining psychat. Well, it's like having a fuel leak, so it's not um, it's not switching it to go back to deficit stuff and repairing burnt out teachers, yeah. but it's actually saying. These are some things, it's a common language to be aware of, and the, the empathy burnout, mm -hmm. and the performance accomplishment yeah. burnout, and the depersonalization burnout That's that shows good. on those will actually undermine our tank filling yeah. if yeah. we're busy psychapping over there. So and it's moving to a more preventive approach of saying, we, we, it, these, are, these are the holes in the boat. Yes. How are we going to address them, yes. please? Sorry, the horrible mixing of metaphors between That's fuel great. tanks and boats. We're, we're, mad, we're mad on metaphors here. Um, then I'm going to chuck another one in. It was that, that was the moment that those teachers said, this is a piece of professional learning that's putting a fence at the top of the cliff rather than nice. parking some ambulances down the bottom for when we crash nice. and burn. Yeah, nice. So they really see this as an investment in them, yes, in, in preventative well-being, yeah, proactive yeah. preventative yeah. strategies, and that's to support insight them. into that um, um, burnout tool. Yeah, was really really um, profound on people. You've got this. You've got this project that's funded as an innovation, and you have developed an understanding of baseline of psychap, and then yep. it's around. So what? micro-interventions will we use? What approaches are we going to implement? Can I just ask, have you, uh, are there any particular pedagogical frameworks or tools that you as a school use to help you make a decision about which thing to do when? <laughs> uh, we, we have a framework um, called um, uh, solo taxonomy, structure of a learnable structure of observable learning outcomes. Yeah. But actually, um, um, for any learning and then yeah. deciding what to do is just looking at what are we doing, how are we going, and what do we need to do next. Yeah. 
um, without going into the complexities of solo taxonomy, um, that's the tool we use. It's a, it's a place, it's like with, with regard to anything, what exactly are we doing at the moment? Mm. How well are we doing that and how do we know? Yeah. And therefore, what's the next step? So we can usually um, run that measure across things and say, this is the most important next step. Of all of the next mm. steps, this one is standing proud on the horizon. So this is really interesting because this is one of the things that is emerging mm. for us in the work that we're doing across schools, that the schools that are implementing and having most success with their implementation and the positive impact it's having on staff, are the ones who have um, solid frameworks and yeah. that they use to yeah. make those decisions. Because otherwise, <coughs> which thing will we do first? Yes. It's hit and miss, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It's go into a darkened room and think, pin the yeah. tail on the donkey. Yeah, that's uh, 101 good ideas for Monday. Yeah. Uh, which infuses everyone in the room at the time. And, and then it's like, <laughs> and, and, let's, and let's give you a tool to help you make yes. a good decision yes. about which one of these is appropriate for us to do first. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things we, we talk about in wellbeing in schools is that this idea that wellbeing is taught in court that as well as having taught curriculum, there's everything that happens mm. in the environment of the school, in the relationships with pe between people in the structures and processes yes. that can support or diminish well-being. Yep. And so what we notice is that when people are selecting a curriculum, there's usually some reasonable... People get together, they establish some criteria and they choose, and that's quite a limited decision. But deciding what you're going to do as things unfold over mm. several years to influence your environment... Um, it's huge. And often um, a well-being team were sent away to go and make some decisions. But it's kind of not much better than hit and miss mm. if you don't have a rigorous framework yes. to guide you. Yeah. And so you have solo taxonomy mm. and everyone knows it and it's a shared yes. approach. Yep. And that's got to be really helpful. Yeah, it does. Well, not yeah. just in this work, but across yeah. everything. Yeah. 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 It's very valuable. And to me... One of the pieces that I'm curious about is, um, yep, we know that we want to support staff well-being. And, and in addition to, um, you know, here's a well-being plan, here's what you need to do for your well-being. Oh. I think what we're all becoming really aware of is that um, the process matters and developing teachers' professional capacity. Exactly. And acknowledging yeah. the importance of their profession mm. and their professional learning mm. and, and having autonomy and meaning in mm. their work is massive. It's one of our biggest budget spends. Tell us more about that. Professional, the, the, yeah. the, the, the adults are going to drive mm -hmm. what happens. So we spend a significant proportion of our uh, annual budget on developing our staff, we yeah. expose them to mm -hmm. the thought leaders, the mm -hmm. the authors of, rather than people who are peddling an interpretation of someone's idea. Mm -hmm. um, there's plenty of PD peddlers around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we 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 just say get it from the horse's mouth. So, um, when Carol Dweck was in New Zealand, we made sure that our staff worked with Carol Dweck, rather than going to a mindset franchise, yeah. <laughs> yeah. watered yeah. down. Uh, yeah, we, wherever we can, we get the authors, the researchers. Yeah to come and work directly with our staff. So you have a commitment that staff well-being is more than fruit bowls and massage. It's, yeah. <laughs> also, it's also about taking seriously the professionalism and professional development. Of That's what staff. this is about. Yeah. It's totally about that. Mm -hmm. It just so happens that PsychCap yeah. is a you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, department. And this is another way yeah, exactly. in which you develop the professional yes. capacity. Yes. What, what's... 
what emerges from it uh, can be applied elsewhere. It's like, oh, yes, that's also raising psychic, but look what we've discovered about learning, or look what we've discovered about something else. Um, it, it, it sprouts off in tangents. The, the, um, the work that we've been doing has led us to um, um, try and seek what are the, what are the longest levers, what of all of the things that we can do, what are the ones that are going to have the biggest impact? Mm-hmm. We know that that lever will do this, it's but what the about the one most that... important step yeah. to make the biggest? What's going to give us the biggest impact for the Yeah, and for staff well-being and um, building SciCap, what emerged was um, the book called The Progress Principle. Research done at Stanford, um, I think 5,000 um, employees and 5,000 managers or leaders. Mm-hmm. Most important things to support your um, um, morale at work, and morale, you know, yeah. touching on psychic things, yeah. but your morale, your well-being, your whatever. Um, uh, clear and consistent vision, um, um, monitoring, um, resourcing, all of the managerial speak. Yeah. yeah. Um, of all of that, those um, um, respondees, they all came back in. There was a fifth one. There were four that emerged yeah. from leaders, from the workers. There was a fifth one sitting in there that did not feature at all in the leaders' responses. So the researchers said something is crook here. There should have been crossover. Yeah. M- maybe all of those leaders simultaneously forgot that one. So let's do it again and let's get, put the five out to both groups and get them to rank them. Yeah. The one that was most important to all of the workers was rated, rated least important by the leaders. What was it? It was actually celebrating small gains. Wow. It wasn't having an amazing company vision document. They we're talking about the progress principle yes. by Steve Kramer and Teresa Amabile. Yes, wow. indeed. Great. Yeah, profound. Because you know what we can do? Yeah. We can actually celebrate small gains. That is a long lever that's having a huge psychological effect. And I don't need to have a staff retreat to rewrite a vision. <laughs> I don't need to design a new performance appraisal system. All those things that leaders thought yeah. were the most yeah. influences on my morale in this place. Yeah. I can pop out of here at morning tea time and go and target any teacher and, and celebrate a small gain that I've just noticed they make with a kid or something they've been doing. But I can see why that's... There's a whole load of research that would explain why that is yes. so important. Yes. In ter- and, and if we think about... If you are celebrating small gains, what are you doing? Mm. You're communicating regularly with people. Yes. You're validating and valuing yes. what they're doing. Yes. They know you notice and pay yeah. attention. You're creating micro moments of positive emotion and support. Yes. And you're building relationships. Yeah. These are all vital. I know. And it's like we don't, like you say, we don't do it once a year on a three-day retreat. Yeah. You do it every five minutes when you're exactly. in someone's office. And yet the vast majority of leaders in that research... Didn't, firstly, didn't mention it as even being a thing, and even when it was put in front of them, they said, oh, that's the least most important. So <laughs> but the workers were screening for it. They mentioned it when leaders didn't, and they ranked it as number one wow. when they had to rank it. Wow. So, so you think, so in that survey, even the leaders who were doing it didn't realise how important yeah. it was? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's been for, profound for me. Yeah. Wow. Get out of your office, working on your school charter and your vision statement... I'm so strategic. <laughs> I know. We've got a great vision here. <laughs> get out and talk to people and yeah, talk exactly. doing well. Get Isn't out of your caravan. Yeah. Isn't that lovely? That, you know, if another schools came to you and said, we want to start doing some of this stuff, what would be the big advice you'd give them? I honour it with resource. This yeah. isn't, uh, oh, we visited a school once and mm-hmm. yeah, put up some posters and we're done. Honour it with resource. 
um, seek external expertise. Uh, we're, 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 we're dabbling yeah. in someone else's profession here. Mm -hmm. Respect that. We're not psychologists. Unless, yeah. of course, you are a psychologist and a school principal, then go for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, get some yeah. expertise on Yeah, board. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we don't, we don't um, have a crack at feet at fixing our own heat pumps. We call in an electrician. So, honour yeah. psychology. With, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, um, uh, yeah, adults first. So don't rush it onto the children. Lovely, lovely. Yeah. This is, it's so good to hear. And tell me... Um, what would be the one thing that you would want to say to the, the one thing you want to see teachers and parents doing that you think would make the biggest difference in young people's well-being? I, I, I think um, to take that um, celebrate small gains thing to heart. To your parenting and your teaching. Absolutely, and, and, and just dial back on the that's good, but next, what's your next step? You know, you've just I always think of that as the Grand National or Melbourne Cup yeah. approach to life. That you know, we've we've come over a massive challenge, yeah. and instead of going, "Wow, would you look yeah. at the jump we've just yeah. we're like, "Right now, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah." So stop and appreciate, celebrate small games. Yes, and that's so consistent with a strengths-based approach. Yep, it's notice the small things that have gone right. Yeah, and reflect them back. Yeah, mm. yeah, mm. because there will be things that go wrong. Yeah, and. To be ready for those, we have to have had a full tank of celebrating the things that have gone wrong. Right. Yeah, and it's much easier <laughs> yeah. to hear about the stuff that's gone wrong from somebody who yeah. has previously seen all the good in you. Yeah, yeah. So you're actually building a pathway. You're building, you're, I always think you're building a broadband relationship when you yeah. celebrate all the small games yeah. and notices the strengths yeah. in people. So yeah. that when you need to have some difficult conversation, you've got a broadband connection yes. to have. Yeah, and those difficult conversations are always still going to have to happen. And being involved in a focus on well-being does not mean that we have this veneer of happy no. people skipping around the worksite. We're still going to deal with difficult stuff. People are going to have yeah. burnouts. Yeah. People, there's going yeah. to be depression and anxiety. Yeah. This isn't a yeah. happy rainbow paint we're putting across the school. <laughs> if you could only do one thing for the rest of your life to support well-being in others, what would it be? Wow, what a question. I think it would be, it's cheesy, but it's along the lines of smell the roses. It just Appreciate the good stuff. Appreciate the good stuff. Wake nice. up, 70 years old, and go, oh, I was, I was resentful and, and, and bitter for my whole life. That was it, gone. Okay. <laughs> just enjoy it. And so, for you personally, what, what's the strategy that really works for you to turn things around when you feel frustrated or down? What works for you? For me, yeah. I turn to the um, five ways to well-being. You take your own medicine. Okay. I, I, yeah, um, I, I came close to burnout two years ago mm -hmm. um, and um, didn't manage my well-being well at all. And what, um, apart from a really good counsellor, um, <laughs> um, what got me uh, back on my feet and has kept me on my feet is really active attention to those five ways well-being and the little tips and suggestions on the website to make sure that I'm being present, I'm taking notice, I'm smelling the roses, uh, physical exercise, diet. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, Mike, it's been fantastic to talk to you today. And again, it's really inspiring to come to schools that have that deep commitment to the professionalism of their teachers and how that needs to be supported and resourced um, as an integral part of, of doing this work. Um, and, and 
and I love the the independence and innovation that you're bringing to this oh, thank work. Thank you. Thank you for <laughs> it's being lovely to meet you. Thank you. You've been listening to Bringing Wellbeing to Life on ORFM Dunedin. If you'd like to learn more, our book, The Educator's Guide to Whole School Wellbeing, is available from nziwr.co.nz from early 2020. You can also listen to a podcast of this show on oar.org.nz, on nziwr.co.nz, and you can also subscribe to Apple Podcasts. I'm Dr. Denise Quinlan. Thank you for listening. To learn more about the latest research and practice in school well-being, join us at the Wellbeing in Education Conference in Christchurch from the 2nd to the 4th of April and Auckland from the 6th to the 7th of April 2020. For more information, go to nziwr.co.nz or conference.co.nz forward slash wenz20.